there are very, very few cigars that I have smoked where you have to take a moment to really look at it to kind of appreciate it. Where you got to smell it to ask yourself what it is you're about to get into and then realize you're totally wrong. And it's a beautiful thing. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. We are smoking from La Flor Dominicana, the Solis. Now, I believe it is pronounced Solis, S-O-L-I-S. It could be Solis, for all I know. All I know is soul is sun, and that's the way they were going. This is a full-bodied, from the Dominican, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Sumatra in the binder, Dominican in the filler, Six and a half by 54, which means it's six and a half inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes fingers more laugh. And the ring gauge, a 50, that's the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter. If this was a 64 ring gauge, that would be a full one inch. I actually told fingers not to light it before we started. He actually tackled me. I did. And then there was the people's elbow, I believe, <laughs> what, what, I, what I gave you right there. Smell that cigar. Very rarely do we do this because very rarely does a cigar really give you a flavor. Sometimes you can get some lovely tobacco out of a cigar when you give it a sniff. You can actually sniff the, the actual wrapper, or you can bring it right to the foot. That's the end that you light and put it right in the nostril. Put it right in the nostril. This flavor, this came from the wrapper itself. It's hitting it sideways like you're putting a funny mustache on yourself. Waka, waka, waka. That flavor right there. How would you describe that, Fingers Malloy? Graham cracker. That's graham cracker? That's the farm. That has got the sweetest, See, okay. almost manure kind of thing going on, and that it is it's gloriously pungent. You say, Tony, that is a disgusting description. How dare you? Were you putting your nose right into I it? I was putting my nose right into it. Yeah, that's, that's not it. But, I mean, it does have a sweetness. I mean, you can get there. See, I was, I was not want. doing the waka, waka, waka that you were doing. Right. Yeah. That is crazy. Then there is this wrapper. This wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano. It actually is this pale, pale brown. It is, to date, the silkiest thing, silkiest wrapper I have touched to date. It's not glass. You can actually see the seams. You can actually feel where different parts of the leaf are. But it is, it, is, it, it, it glides over. It glides over. And the hand... The oil stays on the hand. Yeah. It is crazy looking. And none of this makes sense. When you see the cigar, you would pass it over. You would go in the other direction. But it brings you this smell that's unlike anything that you've tried. And it brings you this feel, this hand feel. I'm sorry. I was taken immediately. I couldn't believe it. I've been watching this cigar for six months. It came out in the fall of 2022. And we have purposely avoided it because everybody who I trust said, that thing needs to lay down for six months. Well, it's been six months. Holy cow. This is really unusual. So I was, I had my nose right in, you know. The foot end. The foot end where I'm getting more binder and filler. And there's more of a sweetness down here than there is when you get by the band. It's exactly what you're talking about. Is that crazy? Yeah. All right. Now you can light up. Now you oh, can goody. do it. 
It's just that you you need to take a moment to see what the cigar is going to give you. Don't be in a rush. People are in a rush. Oh, finally, going to have a cigar. Let me cut. Let me light. Let me take that first puff. Ah, that first puff begins before you've ever lit it. You got it. What is it that you're smoking? What have you taken the chance to know about it? You know, you get your notebook out and you write down what you eat today, what you drink today. We've got gorgeous weather and a little bit of humidity in Indianapolis as we record here at Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. You got to just take a moment. Take a beat. Fingers Malloy. Lighting this up, the Solis from La Flor Dominicana, six and a half by 52. See? Just, I haven't even taken a puff. The smell is now different. That's a little bit of a sweet hit right there. Just on the smoke that you've now uh, exhaled. Taking it in, guys. Taking it in. Now, everything LaFleur does is big punch-in-the-face stuff. These are the full-bodied people. So if this is the first time you're smoking a LaFleur, put it down. This is not for, this is not for you. This is going to be a big cigar. And this thing, I assume, is going to have... A crap load of spice. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, it's starting to get to the to the uh, roof of my mouth, that, that spice with that earthiness that you were talking about and leather. I'm not getting anything in the way of uh, any sweetness at this point, but we just lit this, and we're just barely into the, to the first third of the cigar. There's a little bit of sweetness in that's coming off of the actual smoke, but you can feel the spice builds through the tongue like right down the center of the tongue front to back you can yep you can feel it totally build up that's crazy cool yeah and for me it lingers on the back of the uh the roof of the mouth and it's it's staying there and it's nice this is there now there is a lot to what's going on here and the reason it is is because you are really in an expectation game confusion you expect it from looking at it this almost Connecticut-esque, oh my God, the spice is everywhere. Yeah. Mid-tongue, and you're right, roof of mouth, nice play on that. It's really there, and that's not what you get. It is, it is near overpowering. Two and a half puffs in. Near overpowering, I could feel a tingle on the lips. The La Flor Dominicana Solis, S-O-L-I-S, comes only in the one size, the, the, the six and a half. You know, 50. last week we, we reviewed... Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm blanking on your term paper. Yes, we reviewed my term paper. Right, I got a C plus. And very honestly, upset that Russian judge about that. But it was a two hour smoke that I said, okay. Oh, it, the Angel Quest stuff from yes. J C Newman. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, where you could definitely enjoy two hours in the uh, a Sunday morning smoke. I'm 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 not lighting this up on a Sunday morning. <laughs> this is this is really big and really playful. Um, when we sometimes we get a chance to discuss a cigar, we discuss the coffee notes, we discuss the chocolate notes, and some of that pepper build, whether it's a black pepper, white pepper, red pepper. This didn't have to build. It is from puff number two, right there all over your palate. This is bright. This is bold. This is actually popping off the tongue. This is crazy. And hand feel, too. It's a little heavier than I expected it to right? be. Feels very, very good. There, there. This is not a wiffle ball bat. This is well constructed, and and you can actually see if you take a look at that wrapper right there. Yeah. How that's burning. That wrapper looks thick. 
mm-hmm. right? Which is something that I, I, I notice in cigars that I, I find I have a little more joy for. There's just the, the way the wrapper looks against the ash and the, the, the thickness of it is something else. Now, the question, Fingers Malloy, is, is this in our humidor at $13 a stick? And the answer is we don't know. Thank you. I'm here for you. How could you know? We just started. Just started. I mean, so far, so good. But we're in the first third of the first third of the cigar. This, the Solis from the Florida Minicana, very unique in the pre-light, very unique in those first puffs. We'll talk more about it. Keep it here. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. And damn, is that a full-bodied smoke. The La Flor Dominicana Solis, S-O-L-I-S, six and a half by 50. It is this Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Sumatra in the binder, Dominican in the filler. And while there is this very, very simplistic, simplistic bit of of sweet that starts this thing gets into the spice quick and heavy and intense and is actually just starting to in this first third broaden out with a little bit more of a tobacco feel for me this thing is bouncing off the palate fingers you know when i first put my nose up to the foot and i got that little bit of graham cracker and then you talked about you know when he got more on you know on the wrapper and by the band it was that earthiness uh I said manure. Manure, yeah. I farm, actually said farm, I said the farm. Farm fresh, I think is what you said. Right. Uh, I have not. We are well into the first third. I'm not getting anything uh, in the way of uh, a sweet note on this at all. That, that pepper, that spice, that stays on the roof of the mouth and on the lips a little bit. Uh, and, and for me, I'm getting leather. And that, that, that earthiness that you talked about. I think leather's a nice, nice play. There's this kind of chewy fullness that's going on that makes it different than other spicy cigars. And I don't know if I would call it leather myself, but I can appreciate where you're coming from. There is. There's this little bit. There, sometimes I discuss the fact that a cigar can get into the cheek. And you can actually feel it, it there. It's that, And I can only think of calling it a fullness. But leather's a nice way to... To kind of kind of put that as an experience, I think that's, I think that's right. What's fascinating here is that for all this spice and it's big, I'm cool with it. Oh yeah, it's, it's working. And sometimes it doesn't because it's about how it mixes with other things. This ain't mixing, right? This is just there. Yeah, and for me, I'm doing everything I can to make sure I don't smoke this too quickly because I have a problem sometimes when it comes to smoking my cigars. Uh, too fast, and you don't want to do that with this. Now, the, and no, you don't. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with any Lafleur product, whether it's the Lenox. Uh, something that people really, really value is the Andalusian Bull. Um, there's a series of Lafleurs. Uh, uh, the Airbender is the first thing to get me into Lafleur. People love the Chisel, which is a mouthfeel I despise, but a cigar that has a very, very solid flavor. The question is: Is this in your humidor at thirteen dollars a stick? I could see having one or two, but my question to you is: well, well, first, is it in your humidor? Yes, but I'm trying to figure out the moment I smoke it. Is that what you were going to say? That's where I was going to ask. Where's the moment 
that for this flavor profile, I'm like, this is the day. Like, is there an intense heat or a big humidity going on outside? And I've got the coldest beer possible. And do you do this with a wheat beer? I, I can't picture mixing this or, 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 or trying to pair this with something dark, one of the porters and, or, or stouts that we really like. I'm almost worried about pairing this with a bourbon. I think I want to go weeded on the bourbon if, if, we, if we've got one to see what, what, what would work together. There is a part of me that says this calls for the Woodford Spire. Mm. I need something almost overly sweet with a bourbon touch underneath to get me through. Um, I don't know where I don't know where this fits in my daily or weekly or monthly palette. I do know that having it today is wonderful. Yeah, I was thinking Saturday night <laughs> out on the back deck, but struggling to come up with what I would want to pair this with. That's a real thing, right? Yeah, because there's a part of me that's like. We should actually order some some French press right now. How does this play? How does this play with an espresso? How does this play with like like a Cuban coffee, or, or something like that, where you you've got the these really strong? Would a strong coffee note actually bring a richness to the spice note? Would, but you, would you want something sweet? If you're talking about alcohol, would you mix it? This is going to sound a little strange, but a Kahlua based drink. No, because I, you, you I get your sweet? point. You're trying to hit a sweet to to hit the spicy with the coffee. But now, I, with oh, Kahlua in the coffee? Yeah, huh? Because I because my first reaction was no, because I think you're trying to overcompensate with syrup, and and I don't want to do that. I don't want to mask it. I want to see what it what it, what it moves with, mm-hmm. and I can't I can't off the top of my head. We've, we're no longer at the top of our head. We're now seriously in thought. We forgot we're doing radio. Yeah. We're like, what's going to work with us? I don't know. Yeah. I maybe orange juice. Mm. I'm not. <laughs> how, that, about, how about a V8? Yes, that will brush our teeth. <laughs> I don't know. And that's not a knock on the cigar. Oh. Construction's perfect. I haven't touched it up at all. Everything about it is working great. I don't know, fingers. Water. <laughs> you are. You are thinking outside the box, right? It is time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. So we've talked about how there are definitely shortages of, of, of workers in different segments of the economy. And one place that's really taking a hit is auto shops. They're struggling to find trained mechanics amid a national shortage to the point where some in the industry are saying it's getting very scary. I've talked to my kids about this. Mm-hmm. I've absolutely talked to my kids uh, about this. Uh, in the same way I've talked to them about video work and video editing and I've talked to them about understanding what AI has to offer um, there's another way to go people look down on working with your hands Mike Rowe has been the leader of this conversation for a decade Mike Rowe the voice behind uh, the guy behind Dirty Jobs the voice of uh, you know what, what is it something catch um, it's, it's, it's in Alaska you know deadliest catch deadliest catch good yeah. lord couldn't remember that and he's been on top of this subject about the need for people to work with their hands and the need to understand the importance of these things. The amount of money that is involved here. And then the other part of it is because you can't sell Gen Z so much with money. The amount of personal satisfaction. You know, when you live in a world where you're coding all day, the next day you're also coding. When you do the brake job, it's done. Yeah. You have a sense of accomplishment about the thing. 
and people need brakes, including on their Teslas. I often wonder too, I feel like Generation X may be the last generation that had a love affair with automobiles. And if you don't love cars, you're probably not going to want to get into this industry. Uh, you know, younger kids today, they you, you hear stories about kids not getting their driver's licenses until they're in college. Uh, and it's so weird. Yeah, it is bizarre. But according to the National Automotive Dealer Association, around 76,000 auto mechanic positions open up every year compared to only 39,000 workers that are coming out of technical colleges. How many open? 76,000. That's a fair amount. And only 39,000 workers are coming out of technical colleges or training programs. But I, I think if you, listen, if you, if you don't really care about automobiles, why would you get into the business? Um, well, how many kids care about coding? I mean, really care. So what I... Wait, no, no, you tell, you bring up a good point. This, cars have a bit of a passion play to it. You do it because you have uh, an, an interest in it. Not necessarily a love affair, but an interest in it. Yeah. And you have an interest in the work, and you have an interest in what this career can do for you. And then how do you build the skills maybe to go off on your own? And some people are very happy. If they can find a good place, they don't necessarily want the responsibility. They just want to work on the car. That's a good question. I love working on my own car. I, I'll... I, you know, do my own brake job. I'll 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 change my own oil. Uh, I but I enjoy that. I don't know how many young people are, are are tinkering in their garage with their cars anymore, like you'd see thirty, forty years ago. Yeah, you're. I think you're asking a. Uh, uh, I think you're. I think you're on the right question. Now that's a thing. You take a generation that isn't as interested, that has grown up with Uber, so the connect the car is nothing more than utility as opposed to passion. Huh. Oh, this is bad news. I think we've just stumbled upon a serious problem. <laughs> Do people know about this? <laughs> government should step in. We should, we should write a pamphlet. This government should step in. You <laughs> shut up. Fingers Malloy, allow me to ask you a question. It's a question that's been asked throughout the ages. How much money do you need to stop? Stop what? Doesn't matter. To stop? $25 million. $25 million is a good number. $25 million is a number for most people to say, okay, I'm done. I'm done working. I'm done talking. I'm done caring. I'm done with pants. I'm <laughs> just done. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is the one and only Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Enjoy the site. You want to subscribe. Get some other content. Be supportive of what we do. We'd greatly appreciate it. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. According to a story out of the New York Post, Americans now consider themselves wealthy if they have an average of $2.2 million in assets. Now, that's assets. That's not cash. That's a house. That's an investment vehicle. That's a, a, that's a series of things. $2.2 million. Now, in order to... Um, figure this out. Uh, let me at least share with you how I view the world. What is the number big total dollar amount number with all your investments that throwing you out 5% interest could keep you living the lifestyle you want to live? And that to me is the moment of wealth. Yeah. Right? We can argue that wealthy, you know, it's a difference between, you know, as, as Chris Rock put it, 
um, LeBron James is rich. The guy who signs his paycheck is wealthy. Yeah. And then there's the, the very famous line that Chris Rock utilized. You know, it's a difference of, of wealth between Oprah and Bill Gates. If Bill Gates woke up with Oprah's money, he would throw himself out a window and slice each wrist on the way down. <laughs> so it's, it really is a question of perspective in that way. What is wealth? We could argue that Elon Musk is wealthy. Compared to Elon Musk, 25 million, not wealthy. That said, maybe we're looking at it wrong. Is it the question of real wealth? Or are we talking about what sets you up in a way that you feel like you've succeeded? Elon Musk versus 25 million is being able to buy Twitter versus comfortably buying a blue check mark for your profile. Right. <laughs> that is uh, the difference. Nearly half of Americans, 48%, said they already feel wealthy despite having an average net worth of around 560000 Now, that's not wealthy. And that is a weird thing for, for some people to understand. It's not what We look at somebody who makes 200000 a year, like, oh, oh, they're making money. Where are they living? Yeah, I was going to say, not, many in kids? Ma- not in Manhattan. What college are they going to? There's a lot of things there. Wealthy is a weird, weird construct. But if you were to take, let's say you had $5 million all the way around. And I always talk about throwing out 5% because that's a lower number. Very often you hear people talk about 7 8%, maybe 10%. I talk about 5 Well, I think 5% is fair when you're talking about, say, if you're in your 70s and you, you want to be more conservative with your investments. Uh, but, you know, when, when you're talking, you know, $5 million, what, 5%? That's $250,000. <sighs> I would hope most people, uh, unless, again, you're living in, you know, on one of the coasts <laughs> in right. an area where uh, the, 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 the standard of living and things that, you know, just cost way more than, say, in Oklahoma, I would, I would hope that you would be able to live comfortably on $250,000 a year as a retiree. So just so we're clear, it's 20000 a month. It's $5,000 a week. Sometimes you got to break it down in, in, in that way. And I utilize 5% because I always like to think less. I always like to think under. If you have if you have 5 million and it's throwing you out 8%, you're making more than that. If you have 3 million, and so we're clear, if you invest early, if you change the way you live, oh, you, you just got so deflated. <laughs> no one taught you to invest early. No, they right? did not. And I wish they, they would have. And to me, I almost feel like this is by design. <laughs> we aren't educated in, in high school in a way that makes Americans financially literate. If we cared about school at all, we would stop worrying about how many years of a language you had and start teaching home ec again. Yeah. If you can't balance a checkbook, you don't know anything. It, nothing else comes close to mattering. It doesn't matter. You've got to be able to handle the basic functions. And starting your kids off when they're 10... When they're 15, when they're four, just a little bit and let it build and let it build and let it build. They will, ha- they will have wealth when their retirement comes and then they can build upon that. But if you have um, 3 million, 5%, it's 150,000. It's funny, $2 million to get an extra 100,000. And that's a crazy number because the difference between living on 150,000 a year versus $250,000 a year is mind-boggling. 
And if you take the three million and you bring it down to just two million, five percent is a hundred thousand, and that's a huge jump as well. It's and it's incredible how that works. And it's taxed at a lower rate. Oh, Correct. now look, I'm not your accountant. But I th- capital gain tax, capital gains tax is usually lower than what an income tax would be at that. Inconsequential point. to the larger scheme, sure. Which is what? How is it that you want to live? Yeah. And that's one of the things that doesn't get asked. We don't engage our kids with. One of the things that I teach them is that if you're willing to live differently than your friends now, you will live differently than your friends later. Your friends are going to go out every night. They're going to buy beers for themselves, buy beers for this girl, buy beers for, for this guy, buy beers for their friends. You have to have a new car with a, with a $482 a month payment. Do you? Because those people, let's say they were 25, at oh, are you all right, fingers? Just reliving my 20s all over again, and I <laughs> hit myself in the head with a hammer. <laughs> Your life is going to be very different at 45 if you don't do those things. If you do the other things, your car will never be as nice, and your apartment will never be as nice, and you will not buy as many beers. But at 45, your vacations are going to be sweet. Right. Yeah. Sweet. You have to think. You have to ask yourself what matters. And you have to try and teach a teenager or a 20-something that time is on their side. Yeah. Because part of what midlife is, the whole midlife crisis conversation, is the recognition that time is no longer on your side. Time is on your side. Time is on your side. And the next thing you know, no, it's not. And you realize that you didn't do anything with the time on your side. That and you're willing to live a different lifestyle in, say, your early 20s than you are, say, in your 40s. I was much more willing to, you know, my first apartment was a studio apartment. And, I'm, and I was fine with that. I, I, I don't think I would want to move into a studio apartment now. Was it a bachelor pad, perhaps? You better believe it, buddy. Yeah. Don't Howard Dean me. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> there it is right there. Man, teach your kids that. So this is a really interesting piece of information because in the conversation we just had, Fingers, some people would be like, five million. Oh, my gosh. I wish I had five million in the bank. And other people are going to be like, only $5 million. What did you do wrong? Right. And then some people are going to be like, huh, what do I need? That is the right question. What do I need and what are you willing to do now to get to the place you need to be? And some people are looking at their phone right now thinking, I need a Groupon to make uh, a purchase for uh, you know, lunch later. So you know, everybody's got their own thing in life. I just wish for me, and I think a lot of Gen Xers, you, know, you weren't educated in the way you should when you left high school uh, in financial matters that probably would have, gosh, again, I, if I could go back to, you're talking about all the beers that I bought in my 20s, wish I would have stuck that money away somewhere where it would be And a lot of this, I think, is the basis of books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and some of the other things out there. Start with a basic premise. What do, how do you, you want to, what is the bare minimum of what you want to live like? And you realize that all of a sudden has some things to it. Now, start with that moment and then work to the other moments. That's, uh, I, I like staging things. The Solis from the Florida Minicana. That's what we're smoking. What will we be drinking? That is coming up. 
Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and our new book, Let's Go Barbecue, at Amazon.com. If you're going to use a cigar that's got a lot of pepper, a lot of spice, a lot of intense, bright flavors, and if you're going to use that cigar as a way of figuring out what you're going to match up to drink with it, you're going to find that that's not easy. That is not an easy pairing to make. And we here at Eat, Drink, Smoke, not knowing which pairing would be best, decided, screw it. We'll go with a rye. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Down the road a ways from where we are in Indianapolis as we record at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, BlendBarCigar.com, there is Brown County. And in Brown County, there is Hard Truth Distilling, an absolutely wonderful group of people who make a tremendous number of products. And about three years ago, two years ago, three years ago, ah, who can keep up these days? They started doing a sweet mash rye. Most ryes involve a sour mash, which means they take a little bit of what's left over from the distillation and they put it into the next batch, almost like a sourdough. And it's their starter. And it's the way of keeping certain levels and certain pHs together and, and trying to create a consistent product. But you've got real advances in the technology and how to engage distilling. So they decided to go with a sweet mash, which means each rye is its own product. And for this sweet mash, they're doing it 30 barrels at a time, dumping it out and saying, drink this sucker. And they're doing it very well. So this is... The Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye. This is mash bill number one, but this is batch number four. And as I know, mash bill number one, 94% rye, 6% malted barley, coming in at 58.75% alcohol by volume or 117.5 proof. We're smoking the La Flor Dominicana Solis, which is this big, big uh, Ecuadorian Habano with Sumatra and Dominican in the binder and filler. A tremendous amount of spice going on in this cigar, filling the cheek with, as Fingers described it, a bit of that leather, but really almost like a chewiness going on. It is spice big, spice forward, a little bit of tobacco undercurrent, but all together, there's just a lot happening on the tongue, on the palate, even the roof. Of, of the mouth, and it's all kind of popping in, in a very, very good way. We couldn't figure out what to, what to pair this with. I have no idea if this is going to work, but what the hell? I know on a regular basis, Tony, you like to say, go big or go home. I say that about everything. I say that, I say that about my steaks. Mm-hmm. I say that about my cigars. Mm-hmm. I say that about my Ford Broncos. Uh-huh. I say it about everything. When is that Ford Bronco going to be on the road? Uh, it is on the road. The four, I, so I purchased a 1996 Ford Bronco from the Meekum auction, the big car auction that goes around the country. And I, don't ask me why I did it. I'm a schmuck. That's why I did it. And it's all red. It's crazy. And then I said, all right, let's, let's do the tune-up. Let's do the things. So the tune-up. And then the shocks. There are six of them, in case you were playing the home game. Then the motor mounts. And then um, we did some little electrical work. And now we're chasing down one problem. Oh, no. Just chasing down one problem where when you turn on the lights of the car, it goes dead. Just one problem that we're chasing down now on the 1996 Ford Bronco. 
It is mostly original. There are a couple things that I got to do and grab. Like, I'm taking the radio. They put a, a fancy radio in it. I'm pulling it out. I'm putting the original radio back in. This thing will be an old school beast, and it will be delightful. I don't know if it'll be as delightful as the hard truth. Sweet, sweet mash rye. Um, that's a very, very simple color right there. A little bit orange, um, not so much. Maybe a touch copper, not not deep, not full in any way. A very simple color, pretty simple. Well, the folks over at Hard Truth describe it as mahogany. Uh, they are they are not describing that properly. No, that is that is that mahogany to you? That is not mahogany. It's a pretty color, but it's not that dark. You don't think so? That's all. No. It's so hard. It, I, I, yes, I, I guess now that I have it up against the. The, the window, it's a little dark in the cigar lounge today, so eyes can play tricks on you. You really are getting old. That's true. That is not let mahogany. Me, let me put my spectacles on. How's that How's that nose doing for you there on the Sweet Mash Rye from Hard Truth? There's a, a freeness mm. there, but it's not citrus. Oh, that is Nice. That is nice right there. Maybe an apple? That is fruity. That is fruity. Not necessarily an orchard. It's 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 not overwhelmingly sweet, but it's 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 a it's a right kind of sweet. Okay, but here's the one thing I noticed right off the bat. We're Mm. talking 117 proof on the nose. It does not come off as 117. There's no ethanol. There's none of none of that uh, hard hit on the nose. That's super smooth, kids. Hardtruth.com if you want to find them. You are a rye guy. I am. When it comes to a mash bill of 94% rye. That's a lot of rye. That's a tremendous amount of rye. That is a you-know-what ton (laughs) of rye right there. I honestly don't know. I don't know if this is going to bring a lot of uh, cinnamon spice. I don't know if this is going to bring out uh, some some weird levels of of, of sweetness um, to it. I'm I'm curious. Fingers and are you ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all week. We start it neat. We do the first sip, which is known as the, K- the Kentucky Chew. Move it around the palate. See where it is. Sometimes you want to take a second sip because the first sip really sets the taste buds. Fingers is maybe swallowing his own tongue right now. Are you all right there? Woo! 117 and a half proof. Okay. <laughs> where do you need to lay down? Uh, brown sugar. And that brown that, sugar, and that spice is there, but man, it packs a wallop of a sting on the tongue. But what's wild about it is I am not getting any warmth in the chest. There's no burn in the chest at all. It hits your tongue in a way that I I have not had anything hit me on the tongue in a long time. I'm very interested to see if the same thing happens to you. This is, by the way, batch number four, Mashville number one bash. Batch number four of this. I'm ready to go, Fingers Malloy. From Hard Truth, this is the Sweet Mash Rye Straight Rye Whiskey. Here we go. Here we go. Boy, and there's some chocolate at the finish there. Wow, that is interesting. That really hits you in the tongue. At least it did for me. He's doing the second on I'm going again. I'm going again. He's going in for seconds. Now he's doing the Kentucky Chew. Stings the nostrils. (laughs) That is delicious, isn't it? Yeah. 
But it makes um, you do it makes you do what uh, Dennis Leary would call the whiskey face a little bit. First of all, yeah, uh, that is dancing on the tongue. That has done a full coat. There's a little bit of sting in 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 the lip. It is not as overwhelmingly spicy as I thought it would be, and and it, it's it's cut lovely. I, I I think with with a little bit of fruit. There's a little bit of a fruit thing going on there. It actually plays sweeter than I thought. That plays way sweeter than I imagined. From the people at Hard Truth, the Sweet Mash Rye, the question is, is it in our liquor cabinet? And how do we think it matches up with this La Florida Dominicana cigar? That's all coming up next. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. It could also be your podcast extravaganza. The podcast is growing great because of you. The reviews have been terrific. The downloads are building. Thrilled to see that we're breaking through and breaking through. A lot of bourbon content out there, a lot of cigar content out there, but nobody else has Fingers Malloy and his gams. Hey, I'm glad you finally noticed. I've been doing squat thrusts. They look fantastic. They really do. Lean. You you know, your legs are like if Carrie Underwood ate everything. <laughs> wow. That's exactly what your legs would look like right now. I, I feel insulted because my legs look fantastic. All my weight is 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 in the belly and a little bit in the hips. A little bit in the hips? A little bit in the hips. They don't lie. We are drinking Hard Truth Sweet, Sweet Mash Rye. This is batch number four from Hard Truth. Hardtruth.com, based out of Nashville, Indiana. This is 117.5 proof, but it doesn't play that way. This is very good. It is very good. And, you know, we talked about that, for me anyway, that's that spice, that sting that, that hits you in the tongue and it stays. You couple that with the, sp- the spice from the cigar. I, I like this pairing. The La Florida Dominicana Solis here, six and a half by 50 with that Ecuadorian Habano wrapper uh, there and then with the Ecuadorian Sumatra and the Binder Dominican in the filler. This cigar is not a cigar that's going to be my everyday. This cigar, there might be one in my humidor and I might smoke it eight months from now. That is nothing against the cigar. It is where this profile fits what I look for. That's the issue. It's beautifully constructed. It smokes just great. Uh, well, I need to ask a favor of you. Will you do something for your old pal fingers? I want you to take a draw from that cigar and then immediately go to the hard truth and see what happens to you. Should we shoot video of this? Oh, that's a wonderful idea. <laughs> that is a wonderful idea because I'm telling you something. Because I think people should have to not only hear this, but see this, Fingers Malloy. So what you're asking, what Fingers Malloy has asked of me is to enjoy a puff of this La Flor Dominicana Solis. Six and a half by 50 with that Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. This big, bold spice that's coming from, from this cigar. And then... Enjoy a sip of the Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye at 117.5 proof and see what happens to me. Yes, and thankfully I have uh, all of my video equipment here to get the footage right here, right now. Are you doing this because you want to host this show solo? (laughs) 
I just want to see right. if you enjoyed it as much as I did. He's I'm a professional. In. I can do this. Here we go. Uh, cigar first? Yes, cigar first. This is like the dumbest body shot <laughs> ever. Here we go. Here we go. Cigar first. Oh, he's enjoying it, ladies and gentlemen. And then right to the hard truth. Reminds me of my bar mitzvah. <laughs> uh, so we did not know what to pair with this cigar because of the big spice that this brings out. But now that we're into like well into the second third, starting into the final third, it has mellowed a touch. And there is a, a, a touch of, of cream and, and that leather that you're talking about is, I think, a little more pronounced, at least in the feel. It has mellowed nicely and it's really really a delicious smoke at this stage of the game but it, it took it took a fair amount to get there the rye is terrific doing it neat the rye is absolutely terrific there is nothing overwhelming about this that is a nice mix what i'm really interested in there's much more of a fruit citrus thing now coming out of this this uh rye than earlier and i am i'm digging it this is a very, very, very good pairing. So is that what you got yes. out of it? Just a, a nice it's, confluence? It's, it's wonderful. And I wonder what it would have been like if we had done this earlier when there was a little bit more of, uh, you know, that, that spice has kind of uh, dissipated a little bit on that cigar. But it's still there, right? Has I, the spice dissipated or, we or has the drink changed the, the, the palate? And that's a good question. I mean, that's a seriously good question because this cigar right now, right now, I had to, I had to, I didn't fight through it, but I'm about, I got about, I'm, I'm through more than half the cigar. I got through three and a half inches. This cigar, this cigar I can smoke all day. Yeah. Because it has opened up, uh, uh, opened up, it has mellowed a little bit and I'm getting a little more tobacco friendly, creamy flavor out of it that's making that spice work better but i can't tell you if it's the drink or not but the drink's lovely the question fingers is are we going to move this to a cube i think we have to for each drink smoke nation uh, all right are you you're just adding I'll, water I, that's that's been our bit lately i just add a couple of drops of cool water i'm pouring it on he's going right to the cube i'm pouring on there it is See, all right for, for me that fruit was more of a an an apple okay uh, I wasn't getting the citrus that you're getting. That's I'll what be, I was getting. I'll there he curious. goes. He's dropped a little bit of cool water in there. Water will bring down proof. It's the only thing that brings down proof, by the way. It's the only thing you can add to a bourbon to bring down proof when it's in the barrel. It also opens it up. It allows for certain notes to escape. It changes the profile of what it is you're drinking. So with a little bit of water, it could be a fundamentally different drink. For me, it really brought out that that chocolate at the end. It took the away that... finish, you Yeah, said. that... That that sting coming from, um, you know, I don't know if it's the, it's probably the the proof, but you know, uh, that sting has dissipated with the with the addition of the water and uh, it's really chocolatey. I, I'm really enjoying it. All right, I've got it on a big rock. I don't know if you can hear it, but it, yeah. trust me, it's there. Here you go. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Saginaw swish. I think you're right about bringing out the chocolate. It certainly brings out. A, a sweetness. Hold on a second. He's going in for seconds. But also intensified a bit of the spice. Did it. Not in a bad way. I still think that's a neat rye for me. Oh, yeah. That one, it's funny. 117 and a half proof. 
You didn't feel it going in, a burn in the throat. You didn't feel any heat in the chest. Now I feel a little heat center chest. Only now do I feel that. That is an absolutely wonderful rye, but not a typical rye. Right? You're more of a rye guy than I am. No, I wouldn't say typical at all. It's not because it's a sweet mash, which means it was done as a, as a basically, basically a fresh distilling as opposed to using some leftover uh, rye uh, from the mash bill and then adding it in to kind of level out some pH and things like that. Um, no, different, but, but worthy. That's a worthy, worthy bur- Ooh, I think I like it more neat. Yeah. I think I like it more neat. The question is, Fingers, is it in your liquor cabinet for $77 a bottle? I would definitely seek it out at my favorite lounge. This this could be a yes for a special occasion bottle because when we start getting to you know close to eighty dollars a bottle, that's a little bit more than I like to spend. But man, it's really good, Tony. It, it really is. I could I could be talked into it. Yeah, I don't have to be talked into it. This would be in my liquor cabinet. This is a, this this is an absolute yes for me, and it's not because it's an Indiana product and we we live in Indiana. Um, that works. That works, but I'm telling you, the cube is not where I want to be. I now I'm that. sad because that heat is dead center and it's staying there. It has not dissipated. That's not the feeling that I want. I can tell you this. I would definitely recommend this pairing. Yeah, it works. It dumb, it, I, I'm very surprised because I really did think that the, the spice on this cigar was just so big. It's LaFleur. LaFleur Dominicana is going to bring you a big cigar. This is a full-bodied cigar. This is not a cigar that you, if it's your first cigar, oh, I'll go with this. No, you do not. Walk away. So we weren't sure. The pairing does work very nicely. I'm convinced I would do it neat, but you must try it in all the ways. Neat, with a little bit of water, on the cube, to figure out where your palate is. Don't trust us. Trust you. That's the thing to do and don't forget your notebook is your friend take notes on the cigar take notes on your bourbon then compare it to another time see where your palate really really is fingers we got so wrapped up in the cigar the solis from the florida dominicana uh, the bourbon which is actually a rye hard truth sweet mash rye 117.5 proof and well delicious at least i think it is Neat fingers think it thinks it is. No matter how he takes it, it's eat, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that is Fingers Malloy. We forgot news of the week. Yeah, and sometimes it's good to forget about news of the week, Tony. Sometimes it's just great to just focus on the cigar, and in this case, the rye. Why ruin it? <laughs> exactly. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Are but you- I am, as you know, Tony, America's happy hour anchorman. I hear the kids call you Johnny Good News. That is true. And so why not lead with, with uh, the kind of good news that people expect from America's happy hour anchorman? We go to San Francisco, Tony. Oh, and okay. There is a shopping center giant by the name of Westfield. They are walking away from their San Francisco Center Mall, becoming the latest major company to leave San Francisco amid rampant crime problems. And there was a major hotel group that they, they've been man- they manage actually it's the largest hotel rooms I think in the country. San Francisco is a major magnet for conventions, and they looked at their lender and they're like, 
yeah, we're done with this. Best of luck. And they left their multi-hundred million dollar note behind. This Westfield deal, they took a $585 million loan and they looked at the bank and they said, bye-bye. It reminds me of the episode of Seinfeld where Seinfeld has his car that has a funk in it. A guy got into the car and they couldn't get the B.O. smell out. And at the end of the episode, he just leaves the car on the street in front of a guy with the keys, waves them around, and just throws them in. They're going, steal it. I don't care anymore. I don't want this. That's what it feels like. They're walking away because you know, between the problems that retail is having just in general in this economy, but then on top of it in San Francisco with the crime problem where people aren't feeling safe going downtown and the, the, the massive uh, shoplifting rings that we're seeing all through uh, San Francisco, California, New York, uh, they're just saying we can't do business here anymore. So when do people realize that whatever it is San Francisco is doing isn't working? This isn't the political question. This is a rational question. If you have these giants saying no mas, and if you've already seen like Target store as well, we won't open anymore, and now we close at 6 p.m., the CVSs and the other things saying we can't do this anymore, at what moment do other cities look around and, at, at, at San Francisco and say, all right, well, we can't do those policies. This clearly doesn't work. Or is this not a policy conversation and this is a culture conversation? I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, but as far as a policy conversation goes, I think you have many cities around the country that are saying, well, that's just San Francisco. You know, they've, they've, they've taken it too far. We're better at managing our cities and we won't let it come to that. Uh, bottom line is, they're just this as bad. Is, they're, 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 yeah, exactly. And uh, I think people need to focus more on the problems of, of San Francisco and other cities in California because you're, you're, you're hearing whispers of, of, say, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, may run for president. You need to examine what's going on in California and ask yourself if this is the kind of stuff that you want to see happen around the country. The mayor of, of San Francisco is a woman by the name of London Breed, last name B-R-E-E-D. And she has been discussing at a, at a board of supervisors meeting recently that they have changed how they're doing the policing. They're being more proactive in, in, in the drug scene and these open-air drug markets that have been happening. They've been engaging in more and more arrests. And one of the board of supervisors said, we know that these arrests lead to more crime. These less arrests lead to more drug use. You said you weren't going to do this. Can you assure that this isn't going to end up being, and I'm paraphrasing here, just more racial profiling, to which London Breed, who is a black woman, said to this uh, board of supervisors uh, member, who is a white man, here he is, another white man, trying to save us, another white savior. So Ooh. even, so it, it, what it does is it, it removes now all of that kind of talk, removes now the seriousness of the problem, and now it's between these two people having some kind of racial fight you, 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 this guy is doing and saying what kind of society's told him to say about worrying about these things. And she's like, I've got real crime to deal with. And who are you to tell me? And him saying it isn't just, you know, talking about the things that he has been told to say. All of a sudden, it's a racial fight. It's weird getting mad at somebody for saying the things that societally 
you've been taught that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah. And you see people do it all the time. But it's also fascinating to see a mayor who has uh, engaged politically realize that, her pol that the policies of the past don't work. You have to be more assertive. And now look at the pushback you're getting from the people who are allegedly, feel the air quotes, on your side. And it just, it, it it's, might be funny from the outside, but you realize how dysfunctional it is in that city and possibly your city because, well, if that's happening, who's actually focusing on the issues? Yeah. Well, and too often, too, there is a mentality that a lot of this, especially when it comes to the shoplifting, is a victimless crime. Oh, it's just a, a corporation that's... Uh, the hell it is. And, you know, they've, they've got insurance. It's okay. Well, what about the people who depend on these stores? We've talked about it before, especially when you talk about the CVS and the Walgreens of the world that are closing up shop. And all of a sudden, the elderly people in that community can't get their pharmaceuticals. It's, it's not a victimless crime. It's not just, oh, a corporation. Eh, it's a corporation. They've got deep pockets. It's the people in the neighborhood. So there's a great example of how Fingers and I view a lot of these subjects. Because we, we could. We have the capacity to get really deep into the politics and the theory behind what has happened and what needs to happen. But we try very hard on the show not to be political people. And when you take it out of the political sometimes, you really are able to give it a different view. If your mayor and your member of your city council are engaged in that fight, how are the streets any safer? And the answer is they can't be any safer. It's impossible for them to be any safer if this is where they're focused. No one's going to take a look at, hey, what is this city doing? And to your point earlier, Fingers, a city is going to look at San Francisco and say, oh, they're just doing it wrong. We do it better. If it's the same policy, in implemented in, in basically the same ways, aside from possibly some external factors, don't you you'd think you'd get the same results? Absolutely, it's it's human nature. If if you say we are not going to prosecute certain crimes, chances are those crimes the numbers are going to go up. If you know there are no consequences to you breaking the law, what else you got, fingers? Well, let's go to Florida. And this is a dumb prank that hopefully is not becoming a thing on social media, on the, you know, filming the TikToks or whatever. Homeowners in Deltona, Florida are reporting a very new evil prank, according to Fox News, which involves teens kicking the door of a home in the middle of the night and then running. Like the old uh, door, you know, hit the doorbell. Right. And then ding run. dong dash. Yeah, ding dong dash. It's one thing to, to ring a doorbell and run. It's another thing to start kicking, kicking doors to make people feel like you're you're trying to break into their home at 3 o'clock in the morning, that may get someone shot. Uh, first of all, that's the thing they don't know, and that's exactly it. But you understand they're kicking the doors because if they ring the bell, the bell is a ring doorbell and they'll be seen. There, there's that, So they're, they're purposely not ringing the bell. Kids are dumb, and it's only proved that no matter how much technology you give them, they're still bored. <laughs> Xboxes, switches, computers, their phone... And they're like, you know what? Let's kick that guy's door. I I just worry. You see these, you know, they they're they're this particular footage. Kid's got a t-shirt pulled over his head. Just where somebody's gonna think that their house is getting broken into, and they're gonna pull a gun out on yep. them. Yep. And 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 parents better be talking to their kids about this stuff immediately. The Lafleur Dominicana Solis, six and a half by fifty. Thirteen dollars a stick. There is a one or two in my humidor. The question is, when am I going to smoke it? But as we've gotten into the final third of that cigar, 
it has given just a touch of mellow that I'm really enjoying. And the Hard Truth, a sweet mash ride, 117 and a half proof. Doesn't feel that way. I would do it neat. It's that good. Have a wonderful Father's Day. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat, Drink, Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat, Drink, Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat, Drink, Smoke Podcast.